I'm Chris Nessie, host of Behind the Mic, Voices of the EPN, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am excited to be here with you all on this beautiful Monday evening. Again, hopefully you've had a wonderful day today, or depending on where you might be joining us around the world, it may be well into Tuesday. But wherever it is that you're located, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your support. I really appreciate all the likes, the shares, the follows. Thank you so much for resharing our content and just being part of the My EdTech Life community and family. As you know, we try and bring you some amazing conversations week after week that will help inspire you in any which way, shape, or form, and also to equip you with any knowledge nuggets that you can sprinkle on to what you are already doing great. And I am excited about today's episode because we're definitely going to be talking about something that's very important. And oftentimes, maybe we may not think about it too much. But before we get into it, I definitely want to thank our sponsors, Goose Chase. So thank you so much. Big shout out to Goose Chase for sponsoring My EdTech Life. So guys, definitely, if you want to dive into the world of interactive classrooms, please make sure that you check out goosechase.com and you can use code MyEdTech10 for 10% off your district plan, your school plan, or your personal plan. So you can go ahead and check them out. But also definitely want to let you know that we do have a giveaway alert as well as we are going to be giving away your own personal free license for one year for Goose Chase. So you can go ahead and you can check out this bit.ly here and I will be posting it around in the comment area and it'll also be in the show notes. So you can go ahead and enter to win, but you must enter soon because we're going to be giving this bad boy away on Wednesday. So again, thank you so much, Goose Chase, for being part of the My EdTech Life family. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, like I mentioned to you today, I'm really excited, not only because of the topic that we are going to be speaking about, but also because I get to interview another fellow podcaster, a very close and dear friend now, being a member of the podcast family as well as I was on her podcast. So I would love to welcome to the show our amazing guest, Laura Escamilla. Laura, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. This is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's your first live show. But again, I just want to say thank you so much because as you all see on the title, we're going to be talking about moments that matter, preparing for college success. And if you haven't uh, checked out the Moments That Matter podcast yet, I definitely encourage you to do so. And I am definitely dropping that link right now here in the chat so you can go ahead and check that out as well. And I want to thank Amanda Macias, who's joining us, because it says you have the same bookcase. So there we go. <laughs> thank you, Amanda. She is a longtime fan. So thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. But we're definitely going to be talking about the Moments That Matter podcast a little bit uh, more as we get into the show. But today's topic, definitely hitting that preparing for college and college readiness for our students 
students. Like I mentioned to you, Laura, um, and you are definitely the subject matter expert in this, but just from my personal observation, I think that maybe as uh, educators and maybe even as school districts, I feel that we could do a better job at helping uh, disseminate information to our students as far as scholarships, college and career readiness, and college prep, because there's so much information out there and so much is changing. And just to be able to hear what you've been doing on your podcast and what you share, and I, I'm just like, I this is information that definitely needs to get out. So I want to thank you for being here. So before we get into it, I would just definitely love for you to um, introduce yourself. As you know, everybody that's on the podcast is like a superhero to me because they're doing some great work. So every superhero we know has an origin story. So Laura, can you tell us a little bit about your origin story and what led you into your current role as far as helping many of our um, young students around our area get ready for that college season. Right, so um, I'd be happy to share. Uh, so initially when I left to college, I did not even, I don't think I could process what a nonprofit was. Um, I initially left to college um, to be an architect. And through that, um, you know, had some roadblocks like a lot of college students do. And I dropped out of college um, at the age of 20. So from there, I was fortunate that my mom got me a job and in advertising um, just as an assistant. And from there, I moved on to be an assistant somewhere else and somewhere else. And eventually I got into marketing and I took a job with LNF Distributors, um, who the family, the La Mantia family, who owns LNF Distributors, who is an Anheuser-Busch distributor locally in South Texas. Um, they have, they founded a nonprofit called Stars Scholarship Fund. And I was hired to kind of do public relations for the nonprofit. And through that, it's, it is a grassroots nonprofit. Um, I got hired for something in particular, but I kind of did everything. Um, I kind of had to do the marketing, had to review applications and had to do all hands on deck kind of situation with the nonprofit. And I started there um, when I was about uh, 20 seven, 28 years old. I did not have my college degree at the time, but as being working at a nonprofit that, that worked towards um, helping students obtain a higher education, I took that opportunity and um, I also went back to school. And I went back to school for business because it seemed like a very general thing that would help me um, in any aspect that I was looking to go in the future. So I went back. I had two kids at the time, um, a toddler and, you know, an elementary student. And I decided to go back to school for my undergrad. And it took me about three years to finish. And once I did that, I thought, great, I'm done. But as I went on at the nonprofit, um, I've been there 18 years. Um, don't calculate my age, but <laughs> um, but I went on and um, I kind of wanted to make changes in the organization as I started to get more involved with the nonprofit. I saw things that we could improve on, things that I had experienced as a student um, because I was a college student and um, just kind of changes that I could picture in my head that needed to be done and things that I wanted to grow the nonprofit with. So in order to do that, I kind of felt like I had to get more of an education and become more credentialed. So I went back for my master's in public administration. And um, that degree really taught me how to run a nonprofit. 
and um, how to write grants and that kind of thing, which is essentially what I was trying to do. And so that's where I ended up. So I've been there going, I guess, February be 19 years that I've been there. And I love my work. And I've been offered positions. And, you know, people say, I'd love for you to come work for me. Or but I really love what I do. Um, meeting students every year, the ones we get to help, like yourself, you're one of our scholarship recipients. Um, Star Scholarship Fund helps students of all ages, not just high school seniors, but we help all the way through doctoral degrees. And we help students of all ages, all you know, ethnicities, all financial, socioeconomic situations. So I really love that, that we try to fill the gap and try to help students finance that education because I feel like that is the most difficult part about going to college is how to pay for it. So um, I love the work I do and that's how I ended up here, you know, as an assistant, started at the bottom and kind of worked my way up and I've been executive director for 11 years now. And um, yeah, and was able to get there because I completed my education and and improved my knowledge on on nonprofits. Absolutely. You know, and that's such a great story. And there's so much that uh, definitely I want to, you know, bring up and highlight, you know, because I, I think the, the your journey and of course, everybody's journey is very different. But I mean, through your experience and then getting in here to the, the nonprofit and then working with students. So I, I'm just going to ask and dive in a little deeper, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, what really like inspired you or actually I should say like what inspires you right now about the importance of helping students get college ready? Was there, you know, I guess through your own experience, was that something mm -hmm. that you just said, you know, I, I don't want somebody to go this or maybe or maybe have more opportunities or maybe just, hey, you know, start off well. Tell me a little bit about that. It was a little twofold. So mm -hmm. I was also I was late in getting my education, and I really believe that a lot for a lot of students, for many students, it's not linear. There's not a straight line to completing your education. But also, my kids were getting to that age. I have uh, now my daughter's 25, so seven years ago, I was helping her apply to colleges and get through that process. And um, my son now is in his second year of college. So that's really where this started along the line. So I've been director for 11 years, but seven years ago, I started helping, or I guess eight years ago, helping my daughter figure out what she wanted to do and how to apply for college. So through the scholarship, um, we have partnerships with 22 Texas colleges and universities. So I've always become, had to be very well-versed in financial aid um, as a scholarship provider and how uh, scholarships work in the financial aid process. However, um, I started to kind of dive into admissions, preparing for scholarship, for applications for college, um, writing essays. And for our scholarship application, we require an essay and it's a personal statement, but applying to colleges, those essays were vast. You know, they ranged not just a personal statement, but supplemental essays and all these kind of things that my daughter had to write. And inevitably, I became the one to proofread them you know, and I became the one to look at the resume that she had and try to do all those things and try to help her accomplish her goals. And as that progressed, then she had a friend like mom, you know, so-and-so wants, needs help with this. And mom, so-and-so needs help with this. And um, parents that were also had kids the same age would be like, can you help me understand what this financial aid package means? I don't even know if I can afford for my kid to go to this school. 
So I started helping my friends and the kind of work like that. I would have dinner with somebody and be like, you know, can you tell me about this? My daughter wants to go to A&M. What are the chances that she can get in and, you know, talk to them about automatic admission and her class rankings. And I just kind of became submerged in the information. And as I met my scholarship recipients, I started to get more information about their paths and the way they went through school and how hard it was for them and the things that they went through. And, you know, there's a lot of parents that don't have information and that's really it. It's not that they don't want to help their students or their child or support them. They just don't know where to get the information. So that's kind of where we are now. And through my job professionally, we also partner with Region 1, the um, Region 1 Education Service Center, and they partner with area school districts. And I hold presentations for the scholarship. And then slowly it turned into the scholarship and financial aid and slowly turned into adding the essay and all these kind of tips and tricks and talking to students and talking to parents. And um, and there was just more questions always. What types of financial aid are there? You know, tuition, cost of attendance, all of these things that are foreign to just the normal person that I kind of take for granted because it's part of my everyday world. And so as I got to talk to more parents, and like I said, my son is a second year um, college student, same thing happened with his friends. You know, they want to apply here. How do they do that? Where do they go? And it's just, yeah, just a natural progression of my job and being a parent, just trying to <laughs> be a parent to college students. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you hit on so many things there, too, that I, I want to talk about. And which was one number one thing is there's so much information that is out there. Mm -hmm. And many times for parents that are going to have their their first kid that is you know already like getting college ready, it's their junior year, maybe even starting as a sophomore year mm -hmm. to start planning. There's so much verbiage. It's like an alphabet soup, but very similar to yeah. teaching. There's an alphabet soup for everything. There's terms that are out there. And it could be very ominous for uh, for parents. And I mean, uh, I speak to Isaac and, and of course, Isaac is my great colleague and he's your husband and we work together. But, you know, I told him about my experience, too, you know, being first generation student, parents not really mastering the English language and having to be a language broker, but so much information that. I didn't understand what an EFC was, you know, mm -hmm. estimated family contribution. I didn't understand what I had to fill out. Luckily, I had some really great counselors that were that would help. But that's not always the case in a lot of right. school districts because counselors, you know, they have a huge uh, workload. I mean, it should be about 250 students per counselor. But I mean, we see that those numbers go up. And of course, they have to tend to other things and making sure that everything's right. in order. The national so much, average is four, 408 students to one counselor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, by the time you get information out there. So through your work and through STARS, you know, and, and through your experience, you know, I want to ask you if there was something that through your experience that you and feedback that you have received from students and parents, what is one thing that school districts as a whole could do better to communicate this information? Should they start at junior year? Should they start sooner? What are your ideas? If you can just wave that wand and say, this is what the plan should be or could look like to be effective. What, what would be your idea? I really believe that students should be starting at freshman year, um, getting the information just because 
that's when they start making decisions about dual enrollment, um, AP classes, and these types of things that will affect their college application. These courses are reflected on their transcripts. These courses are reflected when they apply, you know, depending on the type of university they're applying to, these courses matter. And um, that's when they start making these decisions. And you kind of, I don't want to say senior year's too late because there's always a way. However, so that it's not so stressful and overwhelming, you should start freshman year. So you can figure out the first steps of this, of dual classes or AP classes. And then, a, you know, a PSAT or, you know, the ACT and have time to retake them. So I think it really is starting freshman year. And, you know, our region one program that we talked about earlier, they have a gear up program and they do that. They start these kids at eighth grade and start focusing them. And I think they do an excellent job of starting to provide information from eighth grade all the way through senior year. And um, I really think the schools have to have that model. And unfortunately, because that program gear up is a grant program, it's not available to every school district. Um, so it's not out there for every district to take advantage of, which is a shame. And I know that it all costs money having counselors, costs money having these programs costs money. But I really think that's where it needs to start. Um, I know counselors post like on their website a list of things to do, checklists to do every single year, but it needs to be more than a checklist. It needs to, I think kids really need to understand the impact that these decisions will have on them years down the road whether I took dual classes or I took an AP class and I didn't take the exam, you know, those things affect them in the future. And I don't think they understand that early on. I don't think parents understand that early on. So that's what we're trying to do through the podcast, just have little conversations about what that looks like at what level, at what age. And, you know, sometimes there, this information is coming from mistakes that we made, you know, or I made as a parent and, or friends made as parents that we look back now and kind of feel like we could make some changes and help people make those decisions now. But I really think that school districts should start focusing on the college aspects and admissions aspects, probably freshman year. Absolutely. And I agree with you. And for all of you that are listening, thank you so much for joining. I see that Andy has joined. Andy, a great friend also as well. I see Justin is joined. So definitely a lot of love from the Escamilla family and from uh, Andy Salinas as well. So thank you guys. I want to give you guys a Hi, shout out for joining. <laughs> Um, and also, again, we're going to be talking about the Moments That Matter podcast just shortly because just like Laura mentioned, you know, uh, and I am putting that link right now in the chat. So make sure you visit the podcast, make sure you subscribe. And especially if you are a parent, it doesn't matter what grade level your students may be in. Mm -hmm. But the conversations that are being had on this podcast, even myself listening to it, not being a parent, but the fact that I'm listening to information that is so important that it still resonates with me because of the way that, you know, my parents had difficulty mm -hmm. understanding the college process. And for myself, having to decipher that on my own, like I mentioned, I was very lucky that I did have some great counselors that kind of helped me and walked me through the process, but not everybody uh, has that ability right. or accessibility to a counselor. And so I agree with you, Laura, as far as the uh, college and career readiness process, it should start as early as freshman year. And I, I do agree with you also that you mentioned that it's not just or it should not just be treated as a checklist, but there should be something practical. There should be some knowledge gained, bringing in maybe some more people from the outside, maybe other nonprofits or, you know, such as yourself. I know that you do go and visit and, and do some mm -hmm. presentations. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, that's correct. Um, we obviously can't get to every school that asks, but I definitely do go to local school districts and do presentations to um, students directly. Um, typically, it happens their senior year because that's when our scholarship cycle opens. Um, but I do have other types of presentations where I can provide information on just financial aid, understanding the application process. In fact, I'm hosting one tomorrow for Region 1 for students and, and two days after that for their parents. So I am happy to do that always. Um, like I said, my only objective is to get information out there and however to do that, visit the campuses. And we also go to financial aid fairs, you know, set up a booth, pass out information. Um, we try to be as active as possible, getting information out to students. Excellent. I love that. So right before now, we kind of start rolling into the podcast too. I You did mention um, when we got started, as far as uh, STARS is concerned, myself uh, being uh, blessed to have the opportunity to actually be a scholarship recipient. Now, I wanted to share my experience with you on that. And, and if it honestly, if it wasn't for your husband, you know, being in the office next door, my boy mm -hmm. Isaac, and telling me about this, I would have never known that there was still opportunities for even, I, I want to say people my age, but, you know, <laughs> and still, you know, being active and, you know, pursuing, you know, higher education, whether mm -hmm. it be a master's or a doctorate in my case, I had no clue, um, Laura, that there was still opportunities for me to even apply for this scholarship until mm -hmm. Isaac told me about that. And so talking about, you know, information that really needs to get out there, you know, after this, I have definitely been telling a lot of my friends, you mm -hmm. know, that are, you know, pursuing either a master's or would like to pursue a doctorate and letting them know like, hey, there's still opportunities for us older folk per se. And, uh, you know, to be able to, um, you know, take advantage of these programs and feel that, hey, we, we, we are still, we still matter in that sense. Right. You know, obviously and there, there really is not a lot of support for graduate students um, and students after their senior year, to be honest. And Star Scholarship Fund is what I love about the way it was founded, is that um, a lot of scholarship organizations across the country require Pell Grant eligibility, which um, essentially translates into low socioeconomic um, family and not a lot of help for the middle class. And that is, we do help students of that nature, but we also help students who are academically um, successful. So we have a good mix of students that we help. And also um, students who are graduate students, students that are older, we have some parents and children who get the scholarship. And a lot of times when I do presentations, that's what I try to touch on in the teachers who are in the room listening to the presentation, like, really, I can apply? And yes, apply, because um, they don't know that there's resources for them too. And sharing information about older siblings, if they're already in college, they can apply for the scholarship. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that our nonprofit does that and helps college students of all ages. And you don't have to be a senior in high school to start and, you know, reapply at any age at any point in time. You know, you can be 70 years old and going for your doctorate degree or going back to school for the first time, you can apply for the scholarship. Um, of course, unfortunately, we don't have enough funds to award every student that applies, but certainly there is an option to apply. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing, Laura, that you mentioned, at least there is an option. And 
it, you know, it, it's a catalyst, you know, for somebody mm -hmm. like you mentioned that wants to go back and, you know, either start school right from the get go or maybe, you know, pursue a master's. It, it's definitely a big help. And again, it's just, you know, can definitely it's fire up that spark and it's like, all right, mm -hmm. let's do this. And that's all it takes is just one person, you know, one scholarship yeah. to just get the ball roll, rolling and going. And so that's amazing. I absolutely love that. And I think that's what I hear most from our scholarship recipients. We take quotes from them every year when we meet with them. And the main consistent quote is that having somebody in the community that believes in me made all the difference. Like just somebody who is has expectations of them. We require them to have a certain GPA and they know they have to work towards something to keep the scholarship. Just somebody who has an expectation of them and who believes in them to complete this. Because for a lot of students like yourself, our first generation students that we help, you know, we have 55% of our recipients are first generation. So they don't have anybody ahead of them. This is all on them to kind of set this, you know, new path before them. So just having an organization, the community, um, you know, one of our donors, all of that means something to them, that, that somebody's just there to support them. And that's the number one thing that that everybody says, just knowing somebody believes in me has made all the difference. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And uh, exactly when I had the opportunity to receive that scholarship, like I was really blown away. Like I said, number one, didn't know that there was still opportunity. Mm -hmm. Number two, really receiving that. You're absolutely right. And then when, you know, talking to my friends, it's like, you know, you don't know how great it feels that you have somebody that's believing in you, but also the fact that it also makes me want to give back to my community, yeah. whether it's sharing also through stars or letting them know like, hey, look at this scholarship, but also to say, hey, what can I do now to help and pay it forward here for the local community? Right. And that is something that is amazing. So I want to talk to you now about the podcast now as we're kind of shifting gears a little bit. And mm -hmm. so I know that you started your podcast. And like I said, I absolutely love the conversations because uh, I get to hear your side of your experience. And obviously I get to hear it from Isaac too, as well mm -hmm. at work. And I love it. You know, everything that, that you all, you both have done, you know, for Skylar and Lucas and just hearing those stories and those learning experiences. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to, you know, get on the air, put this podcast together and, and bring the information out to parents. Well, let's be honest, it was you. <laughs> um, you, you know, like you mentioned, you work with my husband, Isaac, and he was, um, he's always been a big supporter of you and your podcast, and always felt like he wanted to participate in something like that. If you know Isaac, anybody that knows Isaac, he's never met a stranger. You know, he's friendly to everybody and loves talking to people and has information about everything. And as he was brainstorming about ideas and po podcasts with you, and he was kind of like coming home, said, I'd like for you to come on my podcast and talk about this. And I'd like for you to come on my podcast and talk about this. And I was like, wait a minute, it sounds like I'm doing all the work. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm the one that's that's giving you all the content. And he was like, you know what, you're right, you should do the podcast. And that's kind of what happened. And it kind of transitioned from him gonna, he was gonna do it to, you know what, you're right, you should be the one to to do this, because all his ideas stemmed from my information. And he wanted me to share that information. So that's kind of what happened. And he and I do it together. He is my producer, but he chimes in and has the conversations with me. I don't feel like it's just on me. Um, but yeah, because he is the, 
you know, extrovert between the two of us. And he, he was the one that seemed like the natural person to do a podcast. Um, I'm happy to be in the background. That's just my nature. So it's always hard for me to, to not only, um, talk to people in general, but one-on-one because that's what I'm doing in the podcast, sitting down. So kind of how we started was bringing in friends, um, you know, other moms in the community and who had similar experiences and just kind of sharing what that was, um, what our experiences was with college kids. Because aside from advice on, you know, helping parents help their kids get through college, um, being a parent to a college student is way different than being a parent to an adolescent, you know, to someone in high school or junior high, the challenges are real. The challenges are, you know, the problems they're having are real life problems. You know, I have to take an internship. Uh, how much do I get paid? I have to call in or these are job, real life problems that you didn't really deal with, you know, when they were little. So that's challenging as a parent because I know that a lot of people say like, you're going to miss it when they're, you know, they're 18 and they leave the house that you're going to miss it and you're going to miss having them around and, you know, you're going to miss being a parent kind of thing. But for me, at least my experience, it doesn't end like it never ends. My like I said, my oldest is 25 and my son will be 20 and I talk to them almost every day and every day there's still an issue and there's still a problem. And, you know, and that's just parenting. And quite honestly, I still call my mom <laughs> and, you know, I don't think parenting ends like that and just sharing those stories about raising these college kids because you have to kind of transition and trying to let them be independent and um, set their own tone for their own life, but also be a support system. So that's kind of the discussions that we have, just other moms kind of venting too about our own kids. You know, our first episode we did was supposed to be about how we help our kids with credit cards and financing a college education. And somehow it turned into us complaining about how much our kids spend on fast food. Um, that's just how it transitioned and it was great. And I got a lot of, you know, feedback from that, that yes, yes, that's exactly what happens. Yes. Our kids spend too much on fast food and on Grubhub and delivery. And that's kind of what it, that was not its intent, but that's what it turned into. And I love it. I love having those conversations, honest conversations. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I love too. like, I'll tell Isaac, like, I just crank it on in the morning. I have like about a 30 minute drive to work mm -hmm. and I'm there listening and I just find it so informational or so informative, I should say, because I mean, like I mentioned, sometimes it's those conversations that I learned so much of things that you normally may not think about, you know, and, and I was telling Isaac too, I mean, you know, not being a parent, but still listening to the valuable information here, like the number one, that episode that you were talking about too, mm -hmm. thinking about like how you talked about budgeting and how you said, okay, I'm going to give you 500 for the month and that's all you're going to get your allowance. And then all of a sudden they blow right through it. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, what just happened and saying, oh no, that's your, you know, kind of your, your past go this time, but right. now you're going to have to start, you know, saving. And then of course, how you're, you buy the meal plans, but then they don't go to do mm -hmm. the meal plans because it's like, hey, I'm going to go out with my friends. But then there's also those important uh, 
you know, conversations like recently too, that, uh, well, not very recently, but another episode that, you know, saying, you know, the difference between also like when you're sending your boy off to college, and then of course you're sending your daughter off to college, mm-hmm. the dangers, you know, sometimes th- those conversations aren't being had. Uh, maybe parents don't think about it. Maybe they may be in shock, you know, still because it's like, oh man, my, my baby's leaving. And mm-hmm. it's things that you don't think about. You just want to get them there safe. You want to make sure they're in their dorm and all those things, but then it's all the extra stuff that that variables that are out there. And so I love that you have those honest conversations and you share those experiences because I I love, I guess it's just the, the fact that you you share so willingly that I feel that the next person that listens to this is going to say, okay, I learned that from the Moments That Matter podcast. And I learned that from listening to Laura or, you know, listening to, you know, all your guests and, and learning from that. And I I absolutely love it. Like I, I said, it's very digestible and it's very real. And I think that's so important about it because you talk about so many topics and obviously the, this financial aid, um, you know, topic you talk about too, college readiness, the essays, testing, you know, do you Mm -hmm. need to take the test? Do you not need to take tests now? What does it matter if I do take the tests and talking about college essays and things of that sort. So you hit on so many things that are so informative that that's why I told Isaac, you know, I was like, this needs to be like a a staple, like in every Texas, you know, uh, counseling, um, webpage moments that matter podcast because parents can definitely get some wonderful information from that so that's beautiful yeah well so, I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that um that you listen so um devotedly <laughs> that you're a loyal listener mm-hmm. but that really is um its intent to have an honest conversation because i don't think enough parents do especially with social media people post just the good stuff right all the good things that happen in life and you kind of get jaded about people's lives and what's happening and when our friends get together we're very honest about like oh gosh you, you know what my kid just did um you know these kind of things and i think those are great conversations to have they should be honest because parents need to know that their kid's not the only one messing up or their kid's not the only one they're not the only ones having these challenges you know um just like we just went to visit our kids and we just spent 300 dollars on groceries and I've never bought so much steak and ground beef in my life, you know, for my son, but this is life. These are things that happen that, you know, this is, this is what parenting is. And I think, I don't think enough people have honest conversations about that and about what, what happens, you know, when you become, when you're a parent and not just a parent, but for yourself, right? Even just being a student and having that that honest discussion with somebody else about, hey, I'm going back for my doctorate and I'm this age, it's possible. And it gives other people, you know, the the ability to see that it's possible to do things at different time frames. There's not a straight, like mentioned earlier, there's not a straight path or a straight line. Everybody's story is different and it's okay. Like it's everybody can get past the obstacles and, and move forward. And those are good things to hear. Absolutely. And no, I love it. And, you know, also, like I said, I I talk to Isaac a lot about it and he'll fill me in on the episodes and, you know, what's coming. And I love it. But again, for all of you that are listening, guys, honestly, and if you really want to hear real talk, real 
college experience, real, you know, college parent experiences, please make sure that you do tune in. I've been putting the link in here, momentsthatmatterpod.com. Check out the, you know, the episodes. They're very lively. They're, you know, they touch on so many things as well. You know, even from tech, you know, parents, things that you don't think about when you buy computers for your son or daughter that they may need. And then all of a sudden they may need something else, you know, things of that sort. You can definitely find all those episodes, that in these episodes too as well. I know when uh, I got invited, we talked about AI and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the things as far as generative AI now in higher ed. And then, of course, talking about scholarships and uh, just experiences, uh, allowances, all of that great mm -hmm. stuff. So absolutely love it. Worth the listen. And you're definitely going to be taking away something that you can definitely keep in the back of your mind, parents. <laughs> so that way you can definitely be ready and, and prep. Uh, but before we start wrapping up, Laura, I want to ask you, you know, again, going back to your work through the nonprofit, through STARS and mm -hmm. so on. And if I may, I want to ask you maybe top top three things that you, I would that you would say Maybe, or if you can, maybe top five, because I think you have more experience, but if you want to do top three or top five, what are the, some of the top five uh, pieces of advice that, you know, you can share or that you always share with parents right from the get-go to make sure that they are on the straight and narrow path to making sure that their child is successfully getting into a university or college or a program? Well, I don't think that it was from the get-go. I'd definitely been a learning experience, but the first thing would be to know your child because sometimes what we want for our kids is not what they want for themselves, really, and you really just have to pay attention to what they like and what they want and um, listen to them because if you're going to, there's no sense in you spending a lot of effort in them going to a four-year university when they want to go into a trade. And that's fine. Um, but you have to know what you're supporting. So for one, listen to your child and know what you have in front of you. One of our episodes talks about um, student, our two of our friends talk about having student athletes. And that's also have a very real understanding of what your child's ability is. You, they can't apply to Harvard if they have a 3.5 GPA. That's just not going to happen. So be realistic with them and support them. Let them guide let them guide the, the path of what they're trying to do. Your job as a parent is to be supportive um, first and foremost. And that's not to do it for them. I kind of live by the you know rationale with my kids that I had my life. I had my chance to do what I want. This is theirs. And my job is only to be there if they need it and to support them. And it's really your job as a parent to guide them and get as much information as you can, whether it's through our podcast, there's a lot of free resources out there um, that are available to help them guide them through essays, guide them through application process and figuring all that out. Definitely just search for the information, you know, Google it. I, like I said, I try to be a resource for that. But um, I think it all comes down to knowing your child and knowing what you have in front of you. And don't expect them to be something different than they're not. I say that a lot in our podcasts, because that's a very, um, a realistic thing that I had to come to on my own, that this is who they are. And I'm trying to make them something else. And I just had to kind of set back and say, no, this is what you want. That's fine. And having to kind of bite your tongue and say like, uh, okay, that's what you want. That's fine. Okay. Even though in my head I'm saying, no, I don't want you to do that, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's what our job is as, as parents. And that would be my biggest advice. 
Nice. Well, I mean, you hit on so much there. I'm really thankful again for all your wonderful shares and the work that you continue doing. And uh, again, for all, also for our audience members. Now, let me ask though, because maybe we we will have some audience members that are listening either live or they'll be catching this on the replay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to clarify, STAR Scholarship, is mm -hmm. that a regional, you know, scholarship or is this something that could be national? So we service uh, 30 counties in South and West Texas. So um, essentially from San Antonio down, um, the counties there and El Paso area. So the same footprint that LNF distributors covers. So, but 30 counties is a lot of counties um, in Texas. And, um, but students can attend any college in the country as long as it's an accredited university or community college. Um, so it is restricted to those students for now. Obviously, our goal in the future is to be statewide, but for now it is to those 30 counties. And again, like I mentioned, they can be any field of study, any, you know, ethnicity, any socioeconomic, you know, and all the way through doctoral degrees. So that that is, you know, the people we try to help. Excellent. Well, that is so great and such wonderful information for those 30 counties. And you're absolutely right. I mean, as big as Texas is, 30 counties is definitely a lot with as mm -hmm. many school districts as there are per county and so on, you know, so absolutely love it. Love the work that you're doing, uh, you know, through STARS and of course LNF, uh, you know, in, in making this happen. And obviously, you know, the, the message is out there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is is this is uh, information that is important to your students to get them college ready, but also even to those that want to continue to pursue, you know, a master's or even a doctoral degree, it's never too late. I encourage you mm -hmm. find the information, look them up online and apply, you know, and like I said, the most rewarding thing is, is that if you are a recipient, you know, I, I guarantee you that it, that feeling that you get, is something that you're definitely want to get and give back to your community because you see how you might be able to help and really elevate the community and, and just educate the community and share and so on. So definitely worthwhile. And again, Laura, I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. I want to thank your husband, Isaac, also as well, like, um, you know, for just what he does and just being a great connector and just being able to, you know, work alongside him and learn a lot from him and being able to just uh, I collaborate, you know, through podcasting too as well. And so yeah. it's been great and wonderful. So before we wrap up though, I always love to end the show with the following three questions, but before we get into those three questions, again, want to give a shout out to Goose Chase. Thank you so much, Goose Chase, for sponsoring the My EdTech Life podcast. Again, listeners, please don't forget, go to goosechase.com and use code MYEDTECH10 so you can take 10% off your district, your school, or your own personal plan. So make sure you check them out. It's a great way to make your classrooms more interactive. So thank you, Goose Chase. All right, here we go. So the last three questions that I love to end with. Now, this one, I'm going to change it a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, because I, I know we're not necessarily, even though we are talking a little bit of uh, an important component about uh, education. But in this case, I, I'm going to ask you the following question. We know that kryptonite was Superman's weakness. So my question to you, Laura, is in the current state I guess of either I guess financial aid or college and college readiness I should say what would you say is your current college and career readiness kryptonite So I think what really gets to me is the current um 
frame of mind that is out there that the co college education isn't worth the cost, um, that it's not worth the money. And, you know, I do believe in students who want to pursue a trade. I think that's very important. But I think there is a, so much to be said for a college education. And I think that men that mentality is is growing, especially with student debt and student loan debt and all of that information um, that's out there right now and politicized. There is a big message about um, that college ed and college education isn't worth it and that it's not worth the cost of going or going to a good university is the same as going to a local university. There's a lot of pros and cons and benefits in both. And I think that's my biggest kryptonite is that it just gets under my skin. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Great answer. Great answer. All right. Question number two, Laura, mm -hmm. is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? So I read uh, recently in a book that I'm working on. So I've been working on um, getting an associate membership to an independent education consultant association. And there's a lot of literature that comes with that. And um, one of the books put out by one of the founding members, the members of the association is Education Unites and Ignorance Divides. And I think that really resonated with me, um, be, why I feel education is so important. And I think that's what it would be. And our STARS scholarship fund, our shirts for this year, every year we make shirts that we give out to recipients and to the community where um, it's going to say act, education is activism. So I think that's that's oh, what I would put up. I love it. Do I get a shirt? You, I will send you a shirt. Yes, thank <laughs> you. No, wonderful. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And my last question, Laura, mm -hmm. outside of work, I, I know that, you know, you're very busy and very active, but I want to ask outside of work is, or what is a hobby or activity that you love to do that you would love to turn into a full-time profession? If money wasn't an option um, or into consideration. I love to decorate. Um, I love to decorate my home for the holidays. And if I could just go around decorating everybody's home for holidays, I would do it. Um, that really is um, a stress reliever for me. And um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would say having a podcast, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh boy. And sure, it sure is. It definitely is a, a lot of work, but definitely the decorating part. Yeah. I can definitely see you and Isaac doing that as, you know, yeah. being uh, in the same office area as Isaac, man, Isaac already had yeah. that, uh, you know, decorations for mm -hmm. everything. And what I loved about Isaac though, is he really planned ahead because he was always like at least a month ahead of the next holiday, very much so like, yeah. you know, I the stores are decorations. <laughs> So it's yeah. wonderful. So big mm -hmm. shout out to Isaac. Isaac, thank you so much for just being awesome and just being a great connector of people too as well. And so for everybody listening, definitely please make sure that you do check out the Moments That Matter podcast. You can go ahead and check it out at momentsmatterpod.com, momentsmatterpod.com. I've been putting the link in um, during the show and it'll be in the show notes. So please make sure you check out all these wonderful episodes. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you follow. Definitely have some great, great information. And I know that today we just merely kind of scratched the surface, but at least it is just a great, uh, you know, uh, introduction for everybody listening to know what to expect and the kind of information to get there. So, Laura, thank you so much for your time this evening. You did an amazing, amazing job. Thank you for uh, having you know, me. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you and definitely look forward to future uh, collaborations, you know, as well. So thank you so much. And for all our audience members, those of you that joined us, I know we had Isaac, we had Andy, we had Justin, we had Chuck, uh, we had Amanda also joining us. And for all of you that are going to be catching this on the replay or rewatching this later, again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. We do what we do for you so we can bring you some amazing conversations uh, that are important to continue to help our education space continue to grow, whether as an educator, as a professional, or even as a parent too as well. It is very important that we bring these conversations to light, and it's an honor and a pleasure to bring those to you week in and week out. So I ask that you please uh, continue your support for our podcast. Please make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast player. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 232 amazing episodes where you can gain some amazing knowledge from educators, entrepreneurs, creators, practitioners, professionals of all sorts. And I guarantee you, you'll find something specific for you that you can take and sprinkle on to what you are already doing great. And, excuse me, if you love to contribute to our mission, please make sure that you stop by our merch store as well, where you can get yourself a cap, a sweater. Uh, We've got some great merch for you. And all of that goes back to our show as we continue to bring you the best of the best as we bring you these shows. And my friends, as always, don't forget, until next time, Stay techie.